Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning. It is Monday. Which means it is your morning revely wake-up call. Still battling that head cold. So, in honor of Martin Luther King Day, I thought we would start out with a verse from Galatians. And this one is chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Good morning. Good morning. There is no amount of social media of AI that'll make this sound better today. This is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. So it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes, it is. <clears throat> Mom screwed up this morning. <laughs> I got the kids all up and they're all excited for school. That's cool. <laughs> I've done that on the weekends. Sometimes getting ready to go to work. So I didn't know what you had planned for today, so I thought we could with in honor of um Martin Luther King Junior Day, I thought we could start with Galatians chapter six verse nine. Okay. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And this means what to you? It means things do not always go the way you want them to go. But when shit hits the fan, you push and persevere through it. You will see your path in life when it's meant to happen. And patience is a key thing the way you want it, when you want it, at this very moment in time. That's for sure. And in this day and age, patience is something that most people don't have. Yeah, that's why I never pray for patience. Because they always give me somebody or something that I'm impatient about. 
I guess that means I got to work on that. You you know, and I'm not sexist, y'all know, but men do have a shorter patience period than women do. Most women, anyway. Yeah. One thing we all have to be, though, is we all have to be like... we gotta be a dreamer. He had a dream. We gotta be a dreamer. But above all, we have to be a motivator in order to see those dreams come true. I mean, Kennedy had the dream of going to the moon and bringing men back safely before the decade was out. If we don't motivate our dreams, we're not going to motivate anybody else. Because the greatest achievement ever was the first, and for a time, just that, a dream. So uh, I like to sort of be like uh, Einstein. He said... uh, he didn't have any special talents, but he was just passionately curious. I hope I stay passionately curious. You know, ironic as it is, you know, Einstein was considered dumb as a child. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, like all the great thinkers were considered uh, not smart. Well, I have this little plaque on my desk, and uh, there was a it's a famous Einstein quote, but it's been misconstrued over you know time period. <laughs> and imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm-hmm. For knowledge limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress, giving birth to evolution. Without your imagination, you can't dream. And that is the one thing, you know, our kids in this generation are lacking. Yep. <clears throat> you know, even Martin Luther King talked about imagination and dreaming. Mm-hmm. Now your your dream is coming attractions that haven't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, really, I like creating. Go ahead. Activity. Uh, <clears throat> I like to write and uh, study and, and research. And uh, the quote that I always <clears throat> always liked was, uh, "Creativity is intelligence, just having fun." That is true, especially in my household. <laughs> But the part I always find so ironic is science is 75% creativity and theory and 25% fact. And we forget that. You know, Mm -hmm. when you start Mm -hmm. a project or a science experiment, the first thing you do is come up with a theory. You try to prove or disprove. You know, 
everything about ancient civilization is all based on theories because we can't prove any of it. You know, it's part of the reason why Christopher Columbus did what he did. But there's always those who say Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. Leif Erikson did. True. So, but Christopher I don't care Columbus who, who discovered it. Courage to get in those long boats and go across the across the water. Ain't no way I can do that. Not to say it's not impossible, because impossible just means I'm possible. That's why I love watching little kids, toddlers. Mm -hmm. They will spend hours trying to figure out a way to do something. And they... Literally banging their head against the wall, metaphorically speaking. But you know, some kids literally, but you know, try, trying to scale that wall or do something, and they will work at it and work at it and figure out all these different ways to do it. They are really the the first natural scientists are toddlers. Mm-hmm. And then as they get a little bit older, they develop that talking skill of being able to manipulate any conversation to get their reasoning out the way they want it out to prove themselves right. We lose all that when we become adults. But why? I'm going to quote Santa Claus on this one. The original Santa Claus movie. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. And as we get older, we flip it around. We have to see it to believe it. With kids, we believe it and then we see it. We end up, you know, it's a waste of time to have that imagination. You're not going to make, we become so obsessed over the concept of money and being secure and having this lifestyle or this way of life that we tunnel ourselves into this hole. We're also told to grow up. That's it. Right. This is <clears throat> to me. You have, in order to grow up, you have to lose your imagination. <laughs> yeah. Me, grow, uh, growing old is uh, mandatory, but growing up is optional. But that's kind of the cool part about when you start growing older or you hit that senior stage. You're not quite there yet. But, you know, it seems like when you get to that age level, you know, you just don't care anymore. And that imagination comes back out. You have that childlike, like brain, basically, or thought process. I wear the Mad Hatter's hat. That explains so much. Huh? I said that explains so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whenever I did a teaching at at our church, I had the Mad Hatter's hat on. People just call me the Mad Hatter. Who in the world? You know that?
I thought there were only two, but okay. No, there's, there's usually three. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and then those who wonder what happened. Okay, yep, gotcha. <laughs> I want to be in the first part. I want to make things happen. That's where we all should be. That's where we all should be. But the sad part is it's not how it works anymore. No. But why? Why why, why is that? Well, you know, a good chunk of it has to do with our upbringing and our parents. You know, so many parents want their kids to be the next Einstein, the next whatever. So we stop allowing them to play. I mean, even our school systems are designed now not to play. Yeah. It's all about yeah. books and learning, and we're not even teaching them anything worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? I mean, we're literally dumbing down our school systems to meet our kids. Not, and on the sad part is, is you know, there's a school teacher that was on TikTok that made a comment about the '90s generation. You know, in this day and age, these kids carry water bottles around all day long. And back when we were kids, we would fight over the drinking fountains. We didn't have access to water all day long. We didn't die. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> we're taking imagination and play out of the world. And as we're doing this, you know, we're handing our kids electronic devices basically from birth. You know, back when we were kids, hell, back when my um, you know, kids were born. You always got the lecture that TV is not a babysitter. Well, now these kids, that's all they get is electronics. They're not played with. They're not sit, setting them down and letting them just do something. And so you never develop that critical theory and that understanding of how to solve problems because imagination is the key to problem solving. And so many parents wonder why their kids are mom, 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 I'm bored, mom, 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 dad, 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 how do we do this, how do we do this, dad, all day long. Mm-hmm. It's our own fault. You have that mass panic, the Wi-Fi's down. Go outside, play, do something. And you wonder why kids don't move out of their house, get a job, do things. Because they have to be told what to do every step of the way because they've never had that opportunity to play. I mean, hell, we were kids. We were taking sticks and playing sword fights. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when we think back of some of the stuff we did when we were kids, we were amazed that we survived our childhood. We get a lot of dumb things. And the sad part is, is the kids that have that imagination and can play like that have a hard time interacting with most of the kids because they don't understand what they're doing. Teenagers of today, just randomly off the street, and set them in a room, and hooked up a rotary dial phone, and told told them to make a phone call, would they be able to do that? No. Most of them don't even know what it is. You're right. <clears throat> sort of First like, of all, uh, memorize phone numbers again. 
Yeah. Can memorize some phone numbers. Because if your phone ever goes out, you're stuck. Yeah. Remember back when we were kids, we had the the, the uh, piece of paper with the list of friends' phone numbers in our that we carries around in our pocket. Yeah. yeah. And the ones you really liked, you all you automatically had those memorized. <laughs> That's it. You see, then we actually had to go up and talk to a girl or go talk to the opposite sex, you know, which was the scariest thing in the world. And now it's just a a text or a DM or something, you know. I know. It's uh, crazy. Actually, it's crazy stupid. That's what it is. Kids, kids nowadays do not know how to have an actual conversation. And they don't know anything about social skills, period. No. No. Um, Buffalo last year, we were at a restaurant, and I flipped the lid. Um, we were there to represent veterans. And it was all about the Battle Within organization, which is an organization that brings awareness and helps find resources for veterans struggling with mental health issues. It's to help reduce and prevent suicide. And so we're at this restaurant. Here comes two veterans. One was in one of those push scooters because he had surgery on his leg. These kids are mm-hmm. so engrossed in their phones as these guys are walking in, they cut cut them off at the door. And I'm standing there staring at these kids, and the parents are right there not paying attention either. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Generation of kids, a good chunk of them are have no... Etiquette, decorum, manners. Mm-hmm. They're so engrossed in what they're, whatever is on their phones, they don't pay attention to anything around that. Got to be aware. Sort of like at the uh, commercial, uh, the guys texting or reading uh, emails or texting. On his phone, and he's walking, and he walks right out in traffic. <clears throat> and people will have to stop and blow the horn, and he goes, "What?" You know, so yeah, like it's their fault. Yeah, I love watching those TikTok videos as people are walking like on the sidewalks with their phones and not paying attention. They walk into doors. They walk in, you know, fall down the stairs. Hit, hit the heads on the lamppost. Yeah. Then they say, when they put that there? Crazy. Yeah. This society scares me. It does. We are so locked into our own world and our ourselves and so self-absorbed that we don't see anything that comes up around us. I mean, the sad part is we had to create laws about restricting you playing on your phone while you're driving. Right. That's just common sense. You think? Actually watching movies while they're driving. Yeah. 
And that's just nuts. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Yeah, you know it. It blows my mind. You know, I remember back when we were learning to drive. You know, you always got yelled at because the music was too loud. But in reality, really, what are we teaching our kids when we're doing all that stuff? We're teaching them how not to pay attention. And do you wonder why kids don't pay attention? True. It's crazy. Everything's crazy. <laughs> oh, it is. It's like, um, okay, so you've got grandkids, right? Yeah, they're old. Disney. Yeah. Okay, so there's a new show. It's not new. Me and my kids have been watching them since it first aired, but there's a show out of Australia called Bluey that Disney picked up. It is one of those shows that you can actually watch as an adult and be entertained. But it's not where it's entertaining because it's got all the hidden adult messages in it. It is literally just fun show. But they tackle a lot of hard issues, little kids. Um, they cover things like death and premature babies and divorce. They're not a traditional, you know, what American culture calls a preschool show that doesn't talk mm-hmm. about the ABCs and one, two, three. <clears throat> but the show is all about family, where the dad literally gets down on the floor and plays with the kids. The mom plays with the kids. It's all about imagination play. And like one of the episodes is one of the, they play, they're playing school. And, or they're in school and they're playing house. And one of the kids' his friends ends up, their mom had a premature baby. And so the kids walk around with little stuffed animals in their shirts and then they, you know, out comes the baby. Well, they're sitting there explaining how this baby, his mom explained it to me as, you know, this baby's little and he's born early. They don't get into all the details of how a baby's born or anything like that. But it, it dumbs it down for little kids to understand it in a way that doesn't traumatize them. And now they're calling for a boycott and they're editing all these pieces out of it because it's not appropriate. Why isn't it appropriate? Because it talks about death and divorce and babies being born early and how and stuff like that. So it's not appropriate. Yeah. It doesn't fit American culture or the way that we teach our kids. And I'm just looking at all this, and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, one of the episodes, the mom has to take off and go help her sister out. And so dad's home with the kids. We went through this in my house where mom was gone for a few days. And dad had to deal with the kids on a 24-hour, you know, basis. Mm -hmm. And how mom does everything in our household. So dad didn't know how to do things the way mom, and that's how a lot of places work, you know. The one spouse does Mm -hmm. most of the work and the other one takes a slack up, but doesn't always know how things are done the way that it's done in the household. And that was a bad episode because dad, you know, tried, but he's not that great at it. Mm. And I'm just reading all these complaints about what people are saying about it. And it's like, seriously, I don't see anything wrong with it. It doesn't fit their utopia. Right. It's not violent. It doesn't have, you know, all this 
subliminal messaging in it. So it doesn't fit the garbage cartoons that most of these kids watch nowadays. You know, I think back, my kids watch old school cartoons. I think back to G.I. Joe, Captain Planet. There were messages in those shows. And then at the end, like on G.I. Joe, there was always that little dialogue after the show that explained the message of the show. Then they always ended the show with, you know, knowing half the battle, but, you know. It's just, it's insane how we are. getting rid of what's good and wholesome and anything that talks about the family culture as a whole. Having both parents work together irregardless if you're together or not. Scripture does tell us that uh, there are those woe to those who call good Evil and evil good. That is true. And it's always the minority. Not uh, not the minorities as in race or anything like that. I'm talking about it's not the majority of, of the people. It's always the smaller end of the Spectrum. Right. The reason is a stink. you that make the voices the loudest to get their way. Well, then they always say, you know, the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. The louder it is, the more grease you need. That is true. And that's where people that need to start speaking louder, make their voices heard more than, that's like the election coming up again. Once again, the phrase, the veterans is being used on a regular basis. Being used what? As in, oh, we're, I always, it's like the phrase that I hate the most. It always makes me think of the, the term, the red-headed stepchild. You know, we are that pet project for elections to get elected. And they forget about us afterwards. Oh, well, we're going to help oh, you yeah. get your, your stuff sooner. You're going to, you know, get better medical. You're going to get this, this, and this. And yeah. then once it happens, they get elected, nothing happens. <clears throat> That's because you're talking on both sides of the smell and even lower parts. That's it. But that's like there's <laughs> an article. I shared it with James. I have to tell it to you. So remember back in the 60s, they were doing experiments with, with um, LSD to treat mental health oh, issues yeah. with that. And how it was a failure. And because it was experimental, couldn't collect disability from it. We have hundreds of soldiers that survived the Vietnam era that are messed up due to this experimental treatment. Well, now the Biden administration just improved a synthetic form of it to experiment to treat post-war syndrome in veterans. Hmm. Anything synthetic is not good for your body. Correct.
And for people who don't realize, synthetic is just a fancy word of saying fake. Yes. And this is where I thank God every day for Germany. Because Germany is for Germany. When COVID first came out and it started that big outbreak, nobody was doing autopsies to see the actual what COVID was doing to the body and what was going on. Germany was the first country their doctors actually stepped up and started doing autopsies to figure out what, what COVID was. Then they started seeing this uprise and spike of unexplained deaths from complications due to the vaccine. And they've been doing autopsies on individuals that have had the vaccine done. And now they're coming out and they're saying there are complications due to this vaccine. It's not 100% safe like you're saying. And their voices are being loud enough now to where they're, they're admitting here in the U.S that some individuals who've had this vaccine jumpstarts and overacts their immune system to create and basically attacks itself, which is why you're having the protein buildup, the um, heart complications, all these different side effects that's been swept under the rug for years. Your body was created in such a way that it is, or I should say, it wants to heal itself. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I know there's other uh, diseases that it can't, but for the most part. Uh, it wants to heal itself. I mean, I never had measles or the mumps. I had chicken pox. Mm-hmm. My mother would send me over to a friend's house who had the mumps and say, go get yourself a good dose. <laughs> but I never did. My mom was that way with the chicken pox. Yeah, apparently I had the... Uh, Immunity to it, and I, to this day, I still don't have have the mumps or the measles. Mm-hmm. Thing is, especially with the COVID shot, is we have never found a cure for the cold or the flu. How do we find a cure for a super cold and flu combined together? But my biggest hang-up is our bodies are designed a certain way. Mm -hmm. We are created for a reason. Our bodies are made by God. When we start screwing with your DNA and your RNA, you're asking for problems. And now oh, yeah. these vaccines are all RNA, RNA vaccines, which means they start messing with your molecular makeup. To where you start getting issues and complications and rewiring your body. Oh, and that's what messing with with DNA, RNA, immunity system for years. And that's the sad part about the whole thing, is you're messing with something that you don't understand what you're messing with. And it's a whole, you know, the human body is designed a certain way. And you start Mm -hmm. messing with one little thing, you know, it's like 
a tower. You take the bottom block out, they're all going to fall. And you start messing with little pieces without understanding how the whole thing works together. It's going to all fall down. It's what I like to call microecology. Because you mess with the ecosystems of the oceans or lakes and what what happens? Fishing depletes. Um, there there isn't any more uh, seaweed or uh, plankton or things that uh, the other other fish or other things eat. And then predators go bye-bye. You know what I mean? Yes, no, maybe. No, that's 100% right. You know, and that's the sad part about it is that really we're using these things as human experiments without the general po- the general population knowing about it mm-hmm. or understanding mm-hmm. the applications for it. Think about it. Is it really that much different than what some of these rulers that we've ta- that we've studied in school did in their own way during their time periods that were considered horrible people? Well, it's like the eugenics project. You know, it's something that's never talked about here in the United States, but was not that much different than what Hitler was doing with creating that super race, because they were using human experiments to be able to have this perfect person and weed out disease and weed out this, this, and that. But we still don't even know what half of what our brain does. You know, they're just proving and finding out now that, you know, our brains are so powerful that it can speed up healing if you will it to do it. You look at time differently and you have this positive outlook, realistic positive outlook, but, you know, start imagining yourself healing from the inside out. It will actually increase the healing process, you know, and the opposite happens too, you know, stress and mental health will affect and manifest in your body, you know. A lot of times that's where, you know, people who've been under so much stress and so much negativity can actually make themselves sick. And you start developing symptoms of different things. You can actually create cancer in your own body based on what what you're going through. Well, it's like doctors, when you're, you know, they'll give someone a prognosis, they'll, oh, you have a year to live. Most people won't live that year. Because they start dwelling on that. 
So it's kind of like uh, that uh, broken heart syndrome. Where a healthy person, their spouse dies, you die shortly afterwards. And there's no known cause of it. Well, <clears throat> Rome's emperor, Marcus Aurelius, in his book, uh, in his writings, he said, uh, our lives are where our thoughts make it. And that is 100% true. That is. I use that all the time <laughs> in in my life. I mean, yeah. You know, the yeah. more positive you are, the more creative you are, the happier you are. And the better off you feel. Yeah. I mean, you ever look at some of these seniors, elderly, 100-year-old person, you swear they weren't a day over 50. Yep. No, that's like Betty White. You know, she almost lived to be 100. The big part that, that did her in was lockdown. She couldn't go out anymore. She couldn't be around people. This is what she loved to do. She loved going for her walks and talking to people, being social. Yeah, we're social people or creatures, I should say. Even though some of us don't like to admit that. Mhm. Then you have another person that's, you know, in their 40s that you swear is on their deathbed, and they're like 90 years old because they're so focused on something that, you know, the headaches, the aches and pains, this, this, and this. You know, and that's where your outlook in life affects everything. And that's where we go back to being creative and that imagination and that dream, being able to have that dream. It's so important. Yeah, life is going to be a series of storms. But we have to learn how to get in the rain. Yeah. You know, if your life was perfect all day long and nothing ever happened, that would be a That'd really be <laughs> And that would be just the worst, most mundane life ever. You would not en- cherish and enjoy the good. You just you never have that bad to be able to reflect off of. But we are almost out of time today. Fast hour. Any last thoughts? I don't know. I'm. I try. I try to be like uh, Plato. 
differences, uh, and I try to be wise, but um, I fail in that aspect a lot. It says, uh, wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak because they have to say something. There's a lot of times where I have to speak is to say something. <laughs> and I shouldn't. So, you know, everybody thinks I'm a fool, so why open my mouth and remove all doubt? Right? That's it. And remember to greet and have that imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagination is the bicycle. That is. Like Albert Einstein said. Said life is like riding a bicycle. To keep you balanced, you gotta keep moving. Not just physically, but mentally too. Right. So join us back here. That's it. Join us back here at noon, and we're going to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Day and the man behind one of the greatest movements in American history. Yeah, I was just writing in my journal about that. He was a dreamer. He had a dream. But he was also a motivator, which brought that dream to fruition. Have a good day. We'll see you, you too. Back Monday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count.